Hello and welcome to the FSU Conversation. During our regular segments, we will highlight FSU School of Communication, its students, alumni, and happenings in the industry. I'm your host, Austin Ricart, and I'm a senior majoring in public relations and also director's ambassador for the School of Communication. Today, we will focus on the topics of diversity, inclusion, and life in the public relations industry with Jared Boyd. From agency work at companies like Edelman, Weber Shandwick, and Praytel to working in-house for the popular dating app company Hinge currently, Jared has impressive PR industry experience to share and profound insights on diversity and inclusion. So let's jump right in. Jared, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be a part of this. Well, we're so excited to have you here. So Jared, you graduated in 2014. How did your experiences at FSU help shape you into the successful PR professional you are today? Yeah, I can't believe it's been so many years since graduation, but I think one of the big things that FSU gave me was really community from the people I was in classes with to also um, being a part of FPRA student chapter, I really had a chance to build a network of people that I still rely on today, including when I was first a college freshman, I got my first internship through being a part of FPRA. Um, I had worked at Zerman Agency for three years until I graduated. And that was very instrumental to getting my first job out of PR at Weber Shanwick because I actually ended up meeting FSU alums who were execs whoever Shanwick Atlanta office at the time and so it was definitely a career building opportunity through all the people I met while at FSU. I, I've touched on this before in some of my previous segments but it's, it's really who you know is just as important as what you know and building those connections and finding that community of people that you can rely on post-grad is just so beneficial. It's one of the biggest benefits of going to college in the first place. And honestly, you never know who in your classrooms or that you met along the way are going to be people that you either work with right. or that you even need to tap down the line about a job at their company or a previous company they worked with. And so that's why it's definitely great to, you know, at least make acquaintances and associates while you're at school and have a good reputation that you already start to build. Absolutely. Absolutely. So about a year ago, you were quoted in a CCI news article and said that life doesn't always happen the way you want it to, and that's okay. And it just seems that that quote's so relevant today as we face this pandemic and people really lack motivation. So I'd really love to hear your insight behind why you said that. Yeah, for me, nothing has happened how I initially expected to or wanted it to. Might be a little um, sacrilegious to say, but I actually wasn't originally planning on going to FSU when I was graduating from high school. And I had never intended to live in New York. But these have been amazing positive experiences that have shaped my life and it's because I remained open to where life could take me. Through going to FSU, I ended up um, having my first internship and job experience that took me to Atlanta. And then through being in Atlanta, I ended up getting a job opportunity to move to New York and work at Edelman. Those weren't things that plans along the way. They just happened through hard work and being open to opportunities and where they might come from. 
And I think the thing is, a lot of times it's easy to say, like, you've had this amazing job experience or career opportunity and life's kind of worked out for you. But quite often those moments have also come with some type of pain or disbelief or being just lost in the desert about what's going to happen next. But I remained open and just continued to kind of build my own network and put myself out there to whatever opportunities may come my way. And that's how I've gotten to the point that I have today. That's such fantastic advice. When I started out around my sophomore year, I had one of those instances where I sort of lost in the desert, didn't really know what I was wanting to do career-wise, where I was headed to. And at the time, it seemed like the worst thing in the world. But I look back on that time now, and it's where I really had to sit down and think about what I was good at, what I think I could do in the future. And I look back on that time fondly now, because it's really where I started building to where I am today. And it's, it's something that you really look back on and, and realize that it was more of a blessing than a curse. Often it's not what you think it's going to be in terms of the next step or the next chapter. But if you can remove a little bit of your ego from it and what you thought life was going to be, quite often it's going to work out for you and probably work out for you for the better down the line. Fantastic insight. Thank you for that. So as we celebrate Black History Month, diversity and inclusion are at the forefront of our nation's agenda. What is your understanding of diversity and inclusion and how can we strive to be more diverse and inclusive in the field of public relations? Yeah, this is such a loaded impact topic, but if I were to really break down diversity, equity, and inclusion for people, it's really about making sure that we're creating a welcoming, fair, and just work environment and also opportunities for people from underrepresented groups. Obviously with Black History Month and even where our nation's been with the Black Lives Matter movement in the past year, we're really starting to put more focus on this. But as someone who's Black and gay, let me tell you, this isn't anything new for me in terms of coming from underrepresented groups and having to fight my way into even different career opportunities. And so the thing around diversity, equity, inclusion is that this is everyone's battle essentially to be working on in terms of creating a welcoming environment. Just because someone doesn't look like you, act like you, or have the background or experience from you, that doesn't mean that you can't offer them a chance to come sit at the table with you, offer a chance for them to come participate in a project with you, or even share job opportunities with them that you see. This also means that we have to, you know, really work in our day-to-day life to make sure that we're being aware of any biases that we have in our life. And so one example that I've always loved is sometimes in a job opportunity, you might say like, oh, I definitely want to work with this person because they remind me of me. Well, that actually may not be the best thing because you're really just creating opportunities for people that you feel comfortable with and that have your backgrounds and your experience. When in actuality, maybe you should go out of your way to mentor and create opportunities for someone who comes from a different background from you. Someone who actually you might learn from by partnering with them, giving them an opportunity or really just being their partner and ally in the work environment by seeking out, you know, a friendship with them or, you know, a professional relationship with them. It's something that everyone has to work on actively. It's not attending an unconscious bias training. It's not watching a viral video on Instagram or Twitter. It's not reading a latest article from Friday 29. It's lifelong work. And a lot of times it comes with doing some self-work about where have I not been a good ally to a community? And also, have I been complicit because I've been silent in not being an ally to an underrepresented community? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I really want to highlight the fact that you just said that it's really everyone's battle because it, it is. It, there, there can't be some people that work harder than others and, and expect anything to be done in this. We all have to work hard together to change that narrative because it's still there as much as some people like to pretend that it's not. It's, it's still there. And, and, and like you said, if you just assimilate with the same types of people that are regurgitating the same types of ideas that you want to hear, you're not learning anything new. It's, it's all going to be stagnant. It's all going to be the same. Yeah, um, and I mean, it's also very different in every room you're in when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion. You know, obviously we're in a world right now that we're doing everything remotely. And some people, you know, I say like, let's hop on Zoom because it should be easy for everyone. But actually, what if someone's deaf and hard of hearing and so it's not the best experience for them? And you might be able to use Google Hangouts because it's more accessible because it auto-generates captions. That's one way of being an ally to someone and helping create a more diverse equity and inclusive environment. You know, if you're in a work environment or even a group dynamic where there's someone who is from a represented group and they might not be getting the same experience as you, can you invite them in to come to a meeting with you to participate in something that they may not have the opportunity to? And so we just all have to really strive to think about it consistently to make a better world in the same way that you will want someone to show for you. Absolutely. Your career is taking you from agency work at some of the nation's top agencies to working in-house as the public relations manager at the popular dating app Hinge. Can you share with us how life in an agency compares to working in-house? Yeah, they're both very different, but amazing. Um, I think... It's funny how some people know which type of experience they want coming right out of school. You know, a friend, Dara, that I studied PR with her at FSU, and she always knew she wanted to work in-house. She works in the hospitality space. And so it's been so funny just seeing our parallel paths in the world and me now being in-house like her too. But I think one of the big things for me is that agency was just so amazing for getting a lot of experience from learning from a wide range of people within the PR and even social media and digital space. And so it gave me a chance to really work on my media relations skills for different clients um, and different companies. It gave me a chance to really learn creativity in a very different way because one day you might be working on something related to fashion. Another day you're working on a dating app. Another day you're working for a tech company with some big business announcement that you may not have a background in. And so it's very fast paced working in the agency world. You get a lot of amazing experience but you also got to be um, willing to fly by the seat of your pants when it comes down to it on the agency side. And I really recommend it for anyone who's really eager to just get a lot of experience coming out of school because there's no ride like it. And then being in-house, what I'm personally really enjoying is I've been able to build on my agency experience and been able to specialize on on one company and just going very, very deep in it. Because the one thing that's missing when you're working, especially on the agency side, is you just don't have the complete context of how decisions are made, how to really sell in ideas, you know, based on what the CEO really cares about, what the CMO really cares about, what the chief operating officer cares about, what the finance person cares about. And so you just have a whole nother opportunity to really work your strategy muscles when you're internal, even when it comes to creating creative ideas. And additionally for me, working at Hinge, I get a chance to do global PR. And so that was what was really exciting for me was to also even learn media relations in a very different way because every country is very different in, when it comes to their media landscape. And so I'm enjoying learning even from agencies on this side 
about how do we tell amazing stories in their areas. Right. And, and as someone that currently works in agency work, I, I, I couldn't agree more with what you said about how fast paced it is and how diverse it is. You're constantly going from one account to another, having to switch your brain to this uh-huh. concept, to this concept. It gives you a lot of experience, like you said. And it really opens you up to that community around you. And it really gives you a feel for how do things need to be done. I do see myself working in-house one day like you do now, because I I really appreciate what you said about how it lets you flex your strategic muscles and get deeper into the concept itself, because you're not jumping around to a bunch of different brands trying to do a balancing act of everything at the same time. You're more focused on one specific brand and helping that grow. And I think that's, that's something that definitely pulls me a little bit more personally. And there's so much you just understand once you become the client and you work in-house, honestly, that doesn't quite hit you when you're on the agency side. I now understand, oh, this is why the client would sometimes be frustrated when we were trying to present ideas for the next quarter, or this is um, even how to be a better client in terms of to get what you need from an agency that you do have the best ideas coming from them. And so it's fantastic to have both worlds, you know, in my experience. I'm sure. I always like to ask my guests how they continue their dedication to lifelong learning after they close their last college textbook. So Jared, where or who do you turn to to continue your dedication to lifelong learning? I take inspiration from a lot of different places. And so first and foremost, I think media relations is just at the core of what we do in PR, because ultimately, when you understand the media landscape and what reporters care about, that's how you can actually create proactive news for your clients and also better handle the reactive news moments for your brands. And so I'm really obsessed with reading different media beats when it comes to interviews by editors and with reporters. And so I love reading like what's a chief content officer really thinking about in terms of how the pandemic's changed the media landscape last year and how are they approaching stories they want to tell over the next year. I also love meeting with reporters throughout the year and editors to just really stay in touch with them about best practices, even with the, when they are meeting with other PR people and what's really resonating with their readers. And so I think there's actually a synergy there that's really underestimated quite often. But beyond just that close relationship with the media landscape, I think it's just so important to really dissect what also is happening with other brands who are doing amazing, cool things and what made them successful. And so really just those case studies are very important. And then it's great to find more regimented uh, continuing education. And so, for example, Professor Scott Galloway from NYU does different sprint classes for like six to eight weeks. Last year, I did a brand sprint class, which was an amazing opportunity for me just to become a better marketer and really think about the big picture of what is a brand and how do you continue to elevate a brand over time. And then last summer, I actually took a writing, creative writing class with Gotham Writers Workshop. It was all virtual, but it was just a great chance to also work on my creative um, writing skills and to stay sharp in that way. And so I try to really ask myself, where am I with what do I need to spruce up when it comes to my skill sets and identify opportunities out there. And that's also why I think it's great to build a network of people who you can tap for ideas to where y'all are all continuing to learn and inspire each other and so that y'all can, you know, share different resources with each other. That's so important, keeping touch on where you need to improve and finding the areas that 
you can improve on. Really taking self-stock and going out and finding those resources is, is everything. And I think you just provide us great resources right there. So thank you so much for that. And, and one more point on that actually is I think one of the biggest things that a student and a recent graduate can bring to a, a new work environment is actually when it comes down to emerging trends and emerging platforms. What is Clubhouse? How can a brand use that? You know, what are you saying in terms of TikTok, in terms of how spokespeople or you can get product news out there? Those are all amazing things that you can bring a fresh perspective to your potential work environment. Exactly. And so going off of that last statement, what advice would you give to a student that's about to graduate and enter the workforce? One of the most important things you can do is know yourself and figure out how to differentiate yourself from other people. Everyone essentially is their own brand. And I know that's so funny to say in the days of blogs and influencers and everyone trying to monetize, you know, having a platform. But at the end of the day, you are your own brand and you have to know what makes you unique. And so, for example, quite often everyone wants to say, you know, like, I'm very organized and I'm great for delivering things on time. But what does that mean? You know, like, be quirky and have anecdotes and really share what separates why you should hire a Jared from a James in terms of two people who are very organized. I am so big on formatting. I love my bullets. I love bolding. I love underlining. I want things to be as simple and clear as possible when I'm working in a document. And those are things that employers remember. You also just want to make sure that you're not being too cookie cutter. I like to have a little um, bow tie actually on my resume. So then when I come interview with you and you see me wearing a tie that's my one signature thing that you remember me from my resume to you know my writing samples to when you met me in person so that I continue to stand out and so creating that brand is definitely just so so important and beyond that going back to community it's just so important to network don't just network when you need something and you you have a and you're looking for jobs but if you are a student right now that, you know, maybe isn't quite ready to be on a job hunt, but it's starting to be on your mind, so you know you're going to be looking for a job this summer, start just building a network and reach out to people, say, hey, I would love to just learn more about your career up until this point, if I can schedule just a virtual coffee chat with you. I'll send you a Starbucks gift card for your time. People really want to help people when especially it can be just a little bit more selfless and doesn't feel as transactional. And people also appreciate being appreciated by doing things like sending thank you email and a Starbucks gift card, even if it's just $5, $10. I love that bow tie idea. So do you match your bow tie that you turn in on your resume to the one that you wear when you go in for your interview? No, I don't go quite that far. I have a whole collection of bow ties. So I keep it fresh based on whatever the mood is. But it's, it's important. Like I have a friend who she called herself the girl with a bun in um, college. And so she had it as a blog. But also whenever she was meeting with people professionally, she was wearing her bun at top of her head. And so it was one consistent brand for her. Now, not everyone has to be that quirky or have the bow tie or the bun or whatever else it may be. But do know yourself in terms terms of anecdotes where it's like I'm obsessed with TikTok and like I know everything about TikTok and along with being passionate about PR and I'll bring the expertise to y'all every single day just even having quirky things like that even habits I think loving music and being really big on music sometimes could be amazing for a company that's looking to fill a client need around a music brand or even a company that has a music program coming up and so through knowing yourself what you bring professionally to a company and what your personal passions are you never 
never know who you're going to be the right fit for down the line. But it all starts with knowing yourself. Exactly. And in a lot of companies, they're not just looking for who's going to fill that role professionally with the skills that they have. They want a person too. They want, they want someone that's going to mesh well with the team environment. And so they want to get to know you in that interview, they, not just how qualified you are. So thank you for your advice on that. It was very informative. Well, Jared, that's all the questions that I have for you today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk. It was completely my pleasure. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you so much, Jared. All right, everyone. This segment is about to come to a close. As always, make sure to follow FSUCom on Twitter and FSU Communication on Instagram for more information on future podcast segments and everything else the school communication has to offer. Also, be sure to check out Jared's projects on his Instagram at a touch of bold and connect with him on LinkedIn. So until next time from all of us here at FSU School Communication, and be sure to always remember to keep the conversation rolling.